Well, I forgot to hit the record button last night. So you're not going to get all you're going to all you have is an audio of me going through the material without any conversation from other people. I'm sorry about that. I've made myself a big giant note on the next three classes to hit record. I don't know how that got by me. Anyway, this is uh, lesson seven in our series, Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit in Christian Community. And it is uh, the fruit of faithfulness. Faithfulness in the midst of impermanence. Okay, so if you remember uh, Promise Keepers, Promise Keepers was a men's movement ministry that began in 1990. There was a coach and 70 men, a football coach and 70 men that met. Um, I don't actually remember where it was, but that movement, that ministry mushroomed. By 1997, they were meeting annually in 24 venues and had over 1.25 million attendees. Um, and then it gradually began to uh, taper off. Uh, it is actually still going. Uh, it was supposed to be two weekends ago uh, at Arlington AT&T Stadium. But due to COVID-19, it was uh, postponed or canceled. Uh, but the, the, the reason I, the, the, I bring that up, or actually Kennison brought it up in his book, is at the core of that movement was this idea of faithfulness, keeping the promises that we make. So why has the idea of making and keeping promises struck such a chord in our culture? What is it about our culture that makes this difficult to do? Um, We'll talk about this a little bit more in just a minute, but we are, it's almost as if our culture promotes um, not, not getting attached. It's, uh, we, we've become a very disposable society. Um, there's not a lot of permanence anymore. Uh, there's no brand loyalty. There's very, very little that we have that we seem to be able to attach to. And also, people's word is not what it used to be. And so you can't really depend or rely on people sometimes. And so that, that's what this, um, which is the opposite of faithfulness. Because faithfulness, faithful people are people that you can count on who are always going to be there whenever you need something. So the, the word that Paul uses here for faith or faithfulness is pistis, the Greek word pistis. And it, uh, again, it can be translated either faith or faithfulness, and it all depends on the context. So in faith, the emphasis is on trust. In faithfulness, the emphasis is on trustworthiness. Um, there are some synonyms um, for faith and faithfulness, and I just mentioned a couple of them while ago, but rely and reliable. Depend and dependable, uh, lean on, stand firm. But when you when you think this may be a poor example, but when I think of faith and the emphasis on trust, when I go to sit down in a chair, I have faith and trust that the legs of that chair are not going to crumble underneath me. Or when I'm driving down the street, I have faith and trust that the 
guy or the person driving in the other in the car coming in the opposite direction is not going to cross that center line. Um, faithfulness or trustworthiness is is also seen in in someone's actions, especially God's, who was consistently did what he said he was going to do, consistently follow through, followed through on his word. So and in, in our lives are profoundly shaped by whom, what, when, or how one trusts. So think about your rearing. Uh, think about people you know who's uh, maybe were grew up in abusive homes or situations where uh, there was not a whole lot of trust. You know, there's a lot of people that don't trust um, because they were they they were shaped in those formative years. Uh, by people who didn't give them that consistency, weren't constant in their lives. Um, so God calls us to trust Him who is trustworthy and to emulate His trustworthiness. Um, like all the other fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness grows out of the very character of God. Okay, We know that God is faithful. Excuse me. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, his, for the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. And then Exodus 34, uh, verse 6, this is when Moses and the Lord uh, had their encounter, and, and, and the Lord told Moses that he would, go, he would pass by him. He said, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and faithfulness there's there's actually what do these were what do these two um, verses point to other than faithfulness they point to the steadfast they also include the steadfast love so and that's that that's that word chesed that we've talked about in the past so there is a definite connection between God's steadfast love and his faithfulness uh, his love um, I don't know if obligates is the right word, but obligates him to faithfulness. And because of his love, because he is faithful, he's never not going to be faithful. We'll, we'll look at this verse a little bit more in a minute, but 2 Timothy 2, 11 through uh, 13 says this, If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot deny himself. The word faithful there is pistis. So, one of the things, um, because God loves us so much, he, is he remains faithful to us. And he, his call is that we trust in his faithfulness and that we have faith and that we imitate his faithfulness toward him and toward others. God doesn't choose to be bound to His people because it serves some need He has. Quite the contrary. God enters into a covenant relationship with... He entered into a covenant relationship with Israel, but He also enters into a covenant relationship with us as a strategy for reconciling all creation to its Creator. So God's faithfulness is not something added to God's love, but it is one of the very hallmarks of God's love. God's love with faithful, steadfast love, His very character.
or God loves, I'm sorry, God loves with faithful, steadfast love, which is His um, very character. Think about for a minute of some, because God is faithful and He keeps His promise, what are some of the promises uh, that God made to people in Scripture? Uh, just think about that for a minute, and I'll give you uh, a couple of examples. Um, but, you know, when God told Noah to build an ark, He said, this is what I'm going to do. And everything that He did happened. When God called Abraham and Sarah, uh, when He told them they were going to have a child, um, it happened just as He said. Now, one of the things that we struggle with is oftentimes we want something to happen or we believe that something may happen, but it doesn't happen in our timeline. And so we have to remember that just because that doesn't take place doesn't mean that God is not faithful. It doesn't mean that God is not going to keep His promise. God always kept His promises to Isaac, Jacob, Moses, to the nation of Israel. Everything that He said was going to happen from them, going into from them getting out of Egypt, from them going into captivity, from them coming back from captivity, He kept His promises all the way. Now, did the people he made promises to ever doubt that he would during difficult circumstances. And obviously, I think that's a resounding yes. We know that they did. We know that we do. It's, 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 it's a struggle. One of the things that hopefully is uh, comforting or reassuring to us uh, and to you is that when we are uh, in the midst of a trial or experiencing something, a difficult circumstance, is that we can go back to some of these stories that we're very familiar with and we can see how God um, executed, how God always came through and, and that strengthens our faith that uh, you know God is going to answer our prayer. God is going to change things. Uh, we just have to wait until His, uh, for His timing. By making promises to people, God entered into covenant relationships with them, okay? So thinking of God um, and His promises and His faithfulness and His entering into a covenant with us, what does that imply? Covenant implies permanency, okay? A covenant is something that is permanent or um, I mean, we, we talk about marriage, a marriage covenant. Yes, we know and I certainly believe that everybody takes their vows with the full intention of in covenant of that lasting forever. Um, obviously, there are we live in a fallen world. There are things that happen and things that make that um, uh, go wrong. But if you think about really who are we called to live into covenant with? besides God. Obviously, if we're married, we're called to live in covenant with our spouse. But a couple of things that Kennison pointed out that kind of surprised me were uh, also church, family, and friends. You know, how does, how does that change my relationship with my church family or my immediate family or extended family or my friends if I think about that in terms of a covenant relationship? It's not just flighty. It's something that I am committed to. It's something that I um, uh, believe in, that I 
am faithful to. Something interesting about the covenant that God made, especially that God made with Abraham that ends up being the covenant that He's made with all of us, is if you remember, if you go back and read Genesis chapter 15, you remember that um, God told Abraham, I'm going to make this covenant with you. And then He said, I want you to go get, I believe it was a bull, a goat, and a lamb. And I want you to cut them in half and I want you to lay them uh, side by side, their parts. And the culture of that day or the thing that they would do, when someone was making a covenant, they would each walk through the halves. And, and by walking through the halves, that was like the contract. That was like signing the contract. When you walked through the halves, you were saying, okay, I, I, what we've agreed on, I am committing to. And I'm going to keep my, my half. I'm going to keep my part. Well, now, if you, if you read that story further on, after Abraham uh, does, sets the, the animal parts, then God causes him to fall in a deep sleep. And God himself, in, in, the, in the form or in the vision of a boiling pot and a um, fiery torch, walks through the halves alone. So God is saying, I am making this covenant with you. I am going to keep my part. And I don't want this to sound at all um, that I'm minimizing or anything. But I think that what God was doing, he was saying, you're not going to be able to keep your part. And, and that's okay. But I'm telling you that by me doing this, I am making this covenant with you. I am always going to keep my end of the deal. You may falter, and we saw that in 2 Timothy, and we'll look at that again in just a minute. You may falter, but that's okay, because I'm always going to be faithful, and my grace and mercy are always going to cover your mistakes. So, we depend deeply on God's faithfulness. It is through His faithfulness that we were called into the fellowship of His Son, if you read um, 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it says God is faithful. By Him you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So because of God's faithfulness, because of God keeping His promise, we have been um, given the opportunity, the door has been opened for us to enter into uh, the kingdom through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He who 